0: The Cafe Binge Tonight. Hello and welcome to the Cafe Binge podcast. I am sitting here right now with a big glass of pebble ice water just like munching on ice like it's my job because it's my most favorite thing in the whole world and I always do this and I always get people messaging me on Instagram if they ever see me like crunching ice and say, did you know if you have a craving for like ice or dirt or like minerals, um, I don't know, concrete, chalk, cement, whatever, like weird stuff, it means that you have an iron deficiency or blah, 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 which I've heard this a million times. And you guys, since I was a kid, I have craved like minerals. I have stories, my siblings, and my mom will tell me of me just sucking rocks or like running through the sprinklers and then laying down on the cement after to warm up. You know how we do just like face planted in the cement, licking it. just like licking the warm cement. <laughs> um, so I'm always crunching ice. Um, the technical term that I think they call it is pica p-i-c-a anyways they say it's iron deficiency but it it can be like lots of different things like different mineral deficiencies I think mine is zinc um, which I'm taking regularly but it also can just be nothing sometimes bodies are just weird and we crave weird things um yeah I feel like the science community is just always guessing anyways but I'm sitting here with a big old glass of Pebble ice just chewing. Obviously, you not know right now, or you guys would hear it and how obnoxious, but also sitting with a face mask on, just marinating it. And you guys, if you could do like one thing for yourself every week, give yourself a facial every single week. Do a double cleanse, one cleanse to take off the makeup, and the other one to go deeper and cleanse all the dirt. Um, do an exfoliator, like whatever whatever kind you like, whether that's mechanical or chemical, meaning like a scrub or like some type of chemical, AHA, BHA, exfoliant, and then do a mask, like whatever your skin is craving. Mine is always dry, so I always do a moisturizing, hydrating mask. Um, If it's not that, do like some type of acne prone mask or something to calm redness or whatever your skin's craving but throw on a mask and leave it on for like 30 minutes while you're doing something else and then I always take off my masks with a hot towel um, which you just get a I mean if you want to be fancy fancy like you can actually warm up a towel like get it wet and then warm it up Um, I'll usually just do like hot hot water in a towel um, and then wring it out so it's not sopping and then take off my mask that way and kind of just like keep it over my face for a little while and then if I want to do extractions I can do extractions whatever but um and then just like taking time to put in your aftercare products like your serums your oils your moisturizers your eye creams and like really working them into the skin and like getting really Really deep in there and getting the blood flowing. Like facial massage is one of the best things I can do for my skin. So, if you guys are feeling like a little blah, try it out. Just do a little facial. Do an at home spa, it's the best. So, I'm sitting here with my facial on and I am so excited for today's podcast. You guys, it's so good. It's so good. So today I have a really special guest on the show. Her name is Katie Calder. Oh, Katie, I love you. If you're listening, I love you. Um, I first came across Katie's Instagram, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago um, from someone we mutually follow. And as soon as I saw her profile, which I'll talk about in the episode, I was just drawn to her. I was connected. And I swear you guys, the universe will connect you with the people that you need to connect with. So pay attention to like the pings you get and what lights you up and what you're really curious about. Like if you meet someone who you're so curious about, get to know them, like get to know them. I feel like that's the universe just leaving you a little breadcrumb on the trail So I reached out to Katie and we had the best conversation. Um, She's just like a soul sister. We see eye to eye on so many things and mostly just in being really open-minded about what could be real, like expanding your mind and honestly, truly what could be real when you get away from like the paradigms that society at large believes in and all of the conditioning and all the things we learned in childhood and blah 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 but like getting away from that and like finding truth and I really truly believe that once you become open-minded you are in a position to become so expanded like so much expansion that I didn't even know was possible so we talk about spiritual expansion and awakening. We hear Katie's story of awakening. We talk about how usually in our childhoods we're really spiritually in tune and I think it's my opinion that we all just become so forgetful and deconditioned in that way that we forget how spiritual we are and how tapped in we could be. Um, We talk all about wellness and the body-mind-spirit connection. Um, We talk about mysticism and spirituality and um, living in a world that doesn't always see or live the same and how to authentically live your truth even when family and friends don't think or live the same way. We talk about finding your tribe and your soul family Um, and we talk about something that I'm really excited about. We talk about human design. And you guys, human design is something that I've been sitting on for a while. Like, I don't know when I first discovered human design, sometime last year. But it's not something that I've talked about a lot with my tribe on Instagram or here on the podcast. I mean, I think on my Instagram it does say projector, which is what my human design is. It says ENFP, which is my Myers and Briggs, plus projector. But other than that, I haven't really talked about it because I didn't really know how to talk about it. Um, And it's something that I fully believed. And when I heard it, it resonated so deeply. Like when I read my chart, I had never felt more truly seen, just like understood. And also I had never felt so much validation and permission to be me like the things that are me inherently that I've maybe been taught aren't like good or um keys to success to truly like repattern my way of thinking and to step more into me like who I am who I came here as because I feel like once we do that We're totally magnetic and we make quantum leaps in our living situation, in our lives. When I first read my chart and heard about human design, I felt like I had all of this permission to truly embody who I am and that's beautiful. I feel like we all came to earth with a blueprint of things that we wanted to learn and do An experience. And when we know who we are, I think that we can more fully do the things that we need to do. We can fulfill our dreams in an easier, more joy-filled way, in a way that supports the flow, like the universal flow, in a way that we don't have to like hustle and grind and do the things we don't want to do. I think one of the biggest qualms I have with the way that people think is that you have to hustle you have to do like the gritty dirty work that you don't want to do like you have to earn your keep here which I don't believe I think tap into who you are to your innate gifts and powers and like own them like own your authenticity and magic happens which is why I love human design I feel like it's It's showing you who you were before the world told you you weren't that or that that wasn't good, if that makes sense. One of the first people that I heard talk about human design was Jenna Zoe. Um, And if you guys want more information on her, I'll link her stuff in the show notes. But something she said about human design when asked, what is human design? She says, in my own words, human design is the contract your soul makes with the universe about who you came to be what you came to experience, and what karma you came to correct. It allows us to be who we really are. The person we were before the world told us who to be. And daring to be yourself, well, that's the privilege of a lifetime. So our guest today, Katie, is a human design reader. She's studied this craft, this system... Extensively, and she knows her stuff because there's like human design goes deep, just like astrology does. But I feel like human design it incorporates astrology, but it's also more it's like science, it's other mystical practices, it's biology, it's so much, it encompasses so much. And she's studied this so much to where she is so wise in it, so incredibly wise. And if you ever look up your chart, which we'll tell you how to. Like, when I looked at my chart, I had no clue how to read it because it looks like this tree of life over a body, and there's certain things that are lit up and colored in, and other things that aren't, and all these numbers, and a graph, and arrows. And she knows how to read it and gives you so much pure truth and insight into who you are. And it's really trippy. It honestly is because she was telling me things that I've always known about myself, but like, there's no way she could have known it. And like, very specific things too. So I'm excited for you guys to learn more about Katie, more about human design. I know a bunch of you guys are going to want to get your charts read by her because it honestly feels like your horoscope on steroids. Like it goes so deep. So if you guys are on a path of just discovering truth and who you are and wanting insight into who you authentically came into the world as like your innate gifts, your patterns, your strengths, even how you best connect and communicate with others or maybe how you best digest food or what time of day you digest food or in what environment you digest food, like human design gets real and it gets deep. I mean, it can even tell you if you are a non-specific manifester or a specific manifester, if you're into manifestation, or if you thrive doing a consistent routine, or if you thrive being inconsistent in your routines. It is all the things magical, you guys. Katie is a human design and intuitive guide, a wellness content creator, a mystic. She's a yoga teacher, a seeker, a software professional, and above all else, a human being, a spiritual being having this human experience. Her goal is to help empower others to live their best, brightest, and most embodied lives. You guys, I'm so excited for you to meet her and to learn so much. You are going to be so expanded after this episode, so let's get to the show. Katie, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. So, I'm pretty sure I first discovered you when I was creeping um Jordan Younger's Instagram and there was an Instagram live and she was talking about everything magical and spiritual and channeling and then you hopped on and I was like, okay, I need to talk to that girl right now. I think I messaged you that day.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm so happy that that happened. I know. I literally, I was talking to my friend on another podcast the other day about that uh-huh. um, and how it was completely random and just so, so, so much fun, but it was really, really cool and I've met so many, so many people who saw that live. Yes.
0: I mean, I think it was like magical and everyone who was supposed to meet you and see you, did right then in that moment. I mean, through Jordan, but, um, yeah. So I have so much I want to talk to you about because I like spirituality is like my thing. It's like wellness, spiritual, like everything that's your thing. I'm like, yes, like praising it. So I want to talk to you about just your journey, like what you're about and how you got to where you are right now. So like, have you always been, curious like a mystic spiritual I want to hear about your story awakening. all of that all of yeah it. so I'll try to try
1: to do the synopsis version of it because I'm sure we could talk for years and years about yes. everything but um when I think about my journey and if I've always been spiritual I think I always have felt like there's so much more and that all I know is that I know nothing and I've always been a mystic of sorts but I really dove into my own spirituality and kind of like being awakened in the past I want to say three-ish years um and it happened when I was moving to a new city and I was kind of at a new job doing the nine to five, going through the same routine and just felt totally stuck and kind of numb to life. Mm -hmm. And I, a couple months into work, I randomly was like, I'm going to sign up for a yoga teacher training. I didn't know why I wasn't regularly practicing yoga or anything. Um, I had not stepped foot into the studio, but I randomly signed up. Um, and that really catapulted and was the catalyst for so much of my journey because doing that personal development work and that work just for me really started me looking into and uncovering and kind of deconditioning my life and other aspects as well Mm -hmm. um, and and putting myself first for the first time in my life so that's that's around the same time that I got super super into podcasts and self-development and spirituality and when um, I recognize a lot of situations that were going on in my life that were not serving me at all. That might have been those shoulds, mm-hmm. like things that I was always told that I should mm-hmm. do, or should be. And uh, I was really recognizing and reconsidering these scripts that had been playing out in my life that weren't serving me at all. Yeah. Um, and, and started to be kind of investigate what was going on and and try to figure out with a blank slate, like, what is it that, who, who am I one? Um, what is it that I like? And, uh, what is it that I'm here to do And that? What, what really lights me up? And through that and through a number of surrenderings and a lot of, I mean, my past three years have just been like transformation after transformation, after transformation, it's like,
0: It feels like a death almost, right? I'm like, who I was, like, I don't remember it almost. No. And when people talk how I used to talk, it's shocking. Like, it's jarring. I'm like, what? But I remember, like, I was, like, that was me. It feels like a death. Yeah.
1: Total death. And I'll come back to that theme because that's very, very present in my life in some senses. I don't know if you were seeing my Instagram recently. Uh, I went home, I think, about two weekends ago and – was it in D.C.? In D.C., yeah. Okay, I remember a
0: lot of, like, swimming,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, to me about yeah exactly. And I'm front- healing and diving, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, like, the theme of my life right now, but I'll I'll get back to that okay. and go backwards because my, we'll talk about human design in a bit, but my M.G. mind is, like, jumps from yes. here to here to here, so I'm very nonlinear, but it all kind of makes sense in the end, um, but uh, I had all these series of deaths, we'll call them of like deaths of the ego, of different parts of my life, and at the same time, deep, deep, deep surrenderings to the stage where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do in in a ton of different areas of my life or like why I'm doing this, but I know that I have to do this in order to honor myself and and that it's the only option. Absolutely. Um, So without going into too many specifics, though... By surrendering and in that sequence of like surrendering and trusting and beginning to ask for signs and beginning to really know that uh, we aren't alone and what our understanding of reality is so small compared to the vastness of like existence that we, our human brains, can't even begin to comprehend. In that surrendering race, I surrendering, I started seeing sign after sign. I started asking for things and they'd appear. The puzzle pieces just started going together and fitting. And it was like not something I could ever have orchestrated, but it's when I not only began to trust, but when I'd say my own spirituality, my own um, intuition, where that clicked into high gear and that really became the focus of my life. So I wasn't always, I was always into astrology and all the esoteric practices and self-development and understanding myself more, yeah. but my spiritual practice and it becoming kind of what makes me, me and, mm-hmm. and the most important thing in my life that didn't start until those kind of like, Dark night of the souls, which aren't, which I don't think you need
0: to have. I, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't that think everybody. so either, but they're like pretty useful if you yeah, like, if you can exactly. like spiral out of them and come yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I think a lot of
1: people, that's how it happens. Yeah. They have this rock bottom of sorts and then I that's. The
0: universe big. is like shaking you. Yeah.
1: Cause a lot of times it seems that if we don't have those lows and if we don't have those moments where we surrender so deeply into the nothingness, That we just stay in comfortability and kind of stay in what we've always been doing. So we might not be forced to go out. But if you are hit with something that's like, okay, I have to make a change, then you sometimes do. But I, I don't think it's necessary, but I think it's the way that a lot of people get there. And then I'll circle back out. That's kind of how I first got into it. Wait, can Uh, I ask you one
0: question really quickly? Yes, please do. Um, So growing up, was your family at all, like, religious? Were they spiritual? Were they mystics? Were they, like, growing up when you were a little kid, like, did you have a concept of, like, God, universe, like, any of that?
1: So answer this twofold my my family is definitely muggles yeah and not into mysticism or anything like that at all but also
0: yeah I love muggles too
1: (laughs) me too me too but I went to um actually went to an Episcopalian school for like my elementary all my elementary schools and I, I grew up in kind of an Episcopal church but we didn't really go we're CEOs as they call them, which mm-hmm. is Christmas and Easter only, mm-hmm. <laughs> to <the> church, <laughs> which has come even less over the years. So I think that um, my family had raised us in kind of this Protestant, pretty liberal religion just to teach morals and values, but um, did not grow up with a super religious or spiritual upbringing, mm-hmm. but always, always was very, I was always sensitive, mm-hmm. right? sensitive, very empathic. And um, I think throughout my childhood and and when I've been looking back and doing a lot of this inner child healing work, other types of work, it's like I definitely shut down this part of myself for such a long time.
0: Because it's scary and people don't get it. And you're the weird one. Yeah. And, And you get it. It's not nurtured.
1: I think it's so amazing that so many people are now like recognizing this as not only being valid, but being a very real and very important part of their lives. And the children that are coming in, this very connected or very intuitive side of them is nurtured. And I think it's just going to be incredible to see, see all the children that are growing up now that don't, that aren't pushing down um, their abilities in some ways and really nurturing them and cultivating them.
0: Absolutely. Um, as an adult now, have you looked back on your childhood and you're like, oh, it was totally there? Like, or, like have things come to your remembrance? Because, like, for me, I don't remember things a lot, but I know I was sensitive and I know I was, like, really afraid of the dark like I had to sleep in my parents room till I was in high school and I'm like what did I see like what like why was I afraid of that or like what what was going on but it was like my mom says from the time I was a baby I had to have like someone touching me when I went to sleep and like wow. I never wanted to be like asleep I, and I remember trying to explain it to my mom when I was little and being like I just don't want to wake up and have something be there that shouldn't be there does that make sense yeah.
1: Yeah. Totally. I don't know
0: where that came from. And so I can't remember things, but I'm like, that's always been there. And so I feel like I've been very sensitive to just like kind of like non-physical or, you know, yeah. like yeah. any type of Exactly. Like yeah. mm-hmm.
1: different dimensions. And we can, I, we can go there too. I can, <laughs> I'm, I'm as out there in that sense as they get, but then I also know that that's not out there. So yeah, we're yeah. making, we're making what seems super, what people call woo woo, not because it isn't, but,
0: Absolutely. um, but as a kid, were you sensitive to that? at all? Yeah. So I'll answer that. And I want to
1: say too, that it's very interesting that you brought up the touch because that's one of your dominant senses, according mm-hmm. to your human design. No
0: way. Yeah, ah, I it, love I that. Sense
1: actually, the um,
0: goosebumps,
1: but it was just, it was funny that you brought that up. So I, from when I was a baby was always like had these little worlds going on and my mom said she would listen to me on the monitor and I would be, I would have my stuffed animals or whatever. And I would just be babbling for hours and hours and hours and talking. She was like, I don't know what you were talking to or, but you were having full on conversations. Um, and I do remember as I was very, very young, I always have these inner worlds and would like kind of be talking to things, but I, not i don't know i i can't even necessarily describe how it was mm-hmm. but um i do have a very significant memory in my life it was when i was 7 and i was like asking my mom every single question about Santa Claus. I was like, Is Santa Claus real? And she'd be like, If Santa Claus is real, if you believe Santa Claus is real, it's real. And I and I got so specific. I said something like, Is Santa Claus the one who puts the presents under the Christmas tree on Christmas? Like I got so targeted yeah. that eventually she told me. And in that moment, I remember, because I was like, I'm gonna get a letter to Hogwarts. Like this was my childhood. I yes, so yes. believed in all of it. And that moment, I remember, like my soul being ripped out from me and being like, the like, magic, the magic. Because I not only was like Santa Claus is not real, but the Tooth Fairy is not real, and the Easter Bunny is not real, and fairies aren't real. Like everything in my world came crumbling down in that moment. I was totally devastated. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, rem- I told, I'm a terrible older sister. I told my five year old brother, like so upset. But he was, he was kind of like, okay, as long as I still get my Game Boy. <laughs> right, right.
0: It's like as long as, yeah. You were I, like a truth I, seeker, so you're like, yeah, I got to share this I, truth. Yeah. I
1: couldn't, but I couldn't reconcile how it didn't crush him and how he was just like my whole world. And and I looked back about a year ago. I looked back at that that inner child moment and that kind of reconciled oh wait like you've always known the truth and just because that that's what you were told and that was a huge like transition in your life now you can reprogram that and re-come back to wait no it is real
0: absolutely they're all real <laughs> yes yeah and like magic yeah. is very real like it's oh, very, very real, real. Mm-hmm. and
1: you can believe or not I'm I'm kind of I don't believe that forcing views on anyone or like making someone you don't have to be in this realm or you don't have to believe in celestial beings or um, star systems or that they're in multi-dimensionality even though multi-dimensionality is absolutely what exists and what's real I don't believe that like forcing that belief on anyone is a way to do anything you can you can, you can be totally outside this realm and have the most happiest, most fulfilled life ever. Absolutely. But when you know from your experience how real this all is and how expansive it is and how it's brought the magic back into your life, um, I couldn't imagine one denying it or living any other way or any-
0: wanting to like and that's the thing oh. someone was messaging me yesterday on Instagram and saying like do you ever get tired of just like seeking alignment and seeking truth and like living like a high vibe life and like did you ever want to go back is what she asked and I'm like well like we're human so like we're gonna have like bad days and sadness and like just like yeah off like it's not always like happy and like alignment mm-hmm. is always mm-hmm. like bubbles and just like yeah. rainbows it's like no no it's like complex and like feelings emotions it's like all linear but it's like I was trying to explain it like it's it's no longer fun to like just like peg out and watch Netflix for all night long and like does that make sense of just like yeah. like, like not that that's bad at all but it's no, like yeah. um it's like when I was 18 I used to go out with my friends and like go dancing and like it was like that was so fun stay up till like 3 a.m. just like dancing and having fun and partying but it's like that was so fun for then and it was perfect for then but like you couldn't pay me to do it to now now it's like once you know a different way you're like oh like it's not like a chore it's like yeah I can't imagine knowing and going back to like Another way of doing it, right? Yeah. To like see Hogwarts and then be like, eh, I'm just gonna be a like I'm gonna be a muggle, you know? It's like mm-hmm. I I wouldn't want to. And
1: it's not that it's separate either. That's right. the thing. Like I think that in that very conversation that you had, it's not that you're like living in this realm and not coming back and you're mm-hmm. up in the clouds. It's like We're using this and grounding it because we are human. We Mm -hmm. live in human bodies. We came here
0: for a reason.
1: We came here for the reason. And my whole thing is like embodiment, embodied wellness, Mm -hmm. empowerment. But like using this understanding, using everything mystical, all those things that light you up and that you get excited about and that you go down the rabbit hole all the time and using that to be more embodied in this life so that we can not only have so much more fun – but kind of live exactly how we want to live. So it's not about like yeah. just connecting, right? It's about connecting even more in this physical experience.
0: Absolutely. Did you at all think like when you kind of woke up and you were so connected to the ethers, like everything was very like spiritual and ethereal, like was it hard to ground yourself? Because I feel like for me, I was like, why am I here? Like I, I almost got like FOMO for like the non-physical. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like – This is and maybe that's my Scorpio and like I'm like not I don't fear death that way that I'm like I just like want to go to the next like but I mean what is even the next but I was just like it was hard to be here but and I feel like now it's like it's like you've got like the ego down here and like the ethers up here and it's kind of like living right here you know in the middle but that was hard for me do you feel like you went through that as well or no?
1: Wow, and I love that you brought up Scorpio too. I live in a family; my whole family is Scorpio. Everyone, and I'm I'm Scorpio North Node, Scorpio Rising. Like everything in my oh life my is goodness. going from Taurus, yeah. from the grounded, mm-hmm. like kind of materialistic, mm-hmm. like loves the sensual things in life to Scorpio, which mm-hmm. is like everything that's undercover, like absolutely passion, all that. Mm-hmm. So that is like I'm a very Scorpionic person, yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny you talk. I mean, I feel like we could talk for hours. Right. Uh, I have definitely had challenge with that. And, and to the point where sometimes I I still, like, cut it off. Because when I have been in experiences where I'm super, super, super connected, and especially in the beginning of when I was connecting, it can feel like, am I going to get stuck there? Like, am yes. I um, – I had an experience – uh, I think the last time I went to Ojai in LA, I just was, I was with one of my friends who is very much in this realm. She's an astrologer and, uh, connected to her from a series of very synchronistic events as well. And I uncovered so much and went so deep on so many different levels, just through meditation, through, um, really, really connecting that I felt like I couldn't ground. I felt like I was hovering. My soul was hovering, I want to say a foot above my actual body. Yes. Um, like oh. your soul mold is outside. Like, do you know when you are sleeping and I don't know, I tend to astral travel a lot, you're sleeping and then you wake up, like an alarm goes off. And your soul doesn't have enough time to reintegrate to your body, so you feel totally jolted yes. and it kind of takes the whole day to reintegrate. Absolutely. That's how I felt for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm still working on it. I'm still working on I think it's a constant thing you work on, like grounding and coming back and not being all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's challenging, I think, connecting to nature, right? Crystals, I always, crystals yeah. are like tangible. So
0: grounding. They're
1: mm-hmm. in human form, yeah, and and finding practices that help you realize like, okay, yeah, I'm still in a body, mm-hmm. like my body, my body speaks to me and, and coming back to it, but.
0: Absolutely. It is, it is, it's remembering that like, I'm here for a reason, like I wanted yeah. this human experience on earth for a reason and like, mm-hmm. so be, like be here now, you know, like yes. just be here. <laughs> exactly yeah oh my goodness um so do your like do you feel like you've always been able to be really authentic through like spirituality like all of the like whatever you can label them like woo woo witchy wizardy stuff like do you feel like you can be that and like your family's okay with it were your like were your friends okay with it or did you have to create a whole new tribe
1: or did a whole new
0: tribe come to you I feel like it always brings people in yeah so when talking about
1: my like constant transformations, death, rebirth, all that. I feel like I've lived a million different lives and I definitely have not always felt comfort and comfortable in being authentically me. And I think even the past year, it's been that integration and with my family, with everyone of just owning that this is, this is my truth and this is real. And, uh, the more and more I speak my authentic truth and just embody it and, use it, not don't hide it. The more and more the right people, people like you come into my life, um, the more and more I connect with like-minded people and the more and more I find myself not only being magnetic, but magnetizing the things that I want. So it's definitely been, I think I, in the past 3 years specifically i've gone through a lot of like personal deaths right like deaths of versions of myself that i might have been pretending i was or i might have thought that i should have been right we're told we're conditioned throughout our lives that this is the right way to, to live and this is the job you need to get
0: and this is and this is success and this is yeah, yeah. And, this is,
1: and these are all the stories mm-hmm. and then when you start to look at it you're like oh wait this version of myself that I was showing up as was not, not real or not the story. And so with, with the second part of that question, um, I find that people, the people who are meant to grow and stay with you well, and that those who are not on the same path will either no longer be in your life or they will be forced out of your life for some reason, or you'll have to put up really strong boundaries. But they can also still exist there. It's just um, understanding where, because we, whatever vibration we're at, wherever we're at in our lives, we magnetize people of similar vibrations and kind of repel those that aren't matches. Yeah, um, which can be confronting because that there's a lot of stories around. Well, we should. You know, I've been friends with this person my entire life. I sh- it, my I'm a childhood
0: best friend,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm a bad person for not wanting to hang out with them or not wanting to be their friend right now. And it's not that you don't want to; it's just that, in order to best honor you in this life, you have to honor you. Mm-hmm. That's that's just the answer to it all. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: it doesn't mean that that person needs to be gone forever. They can come back, uh, but I think it's a constant reflection of how. What's serving me? What boundaries do I need? like where when I was once this person was like my everything friend, my best friend, where where do they fit now? and it's constantly reassessing. Um, how how does everyone else's energy mesh with yours? And how can you continue to create space for only the energy, that is reciprocal, that is uplifting, that supports you and being you. Because what I found is the more I surround myself with people who I feel like I should be around or that I should do or go into any of those stories, the more that I neglect not only my truth but but dishonor myself and mm. dishonor like where I want to be going and the impact I want to have and, and the ability to support the other person that I want to have. And, uh, I, I, it, all, all I know is we're constantly changing, evolving, growing. So, um, people always go in and out of your life and there's no judgment towards that. So Mm -hmm. I'd say I, I have many, many friends that are still friends lifelong. I've, I've had many friends that have come in and out of my life and, um, it's a journey.
0: Do you know what, though? I love that you said just, like, authentically being you and holding that vibration, like, everything is energy, right? Because I feel like when this all started happening to me, like, my awakening, it freaked me out. And yeah. I, like, I was, like, how do?" kind of, like, what we, I was saying. Like, how do I exist here? Yeah. And I felt like even more I had to put on the mask of, like, mm-hmm. I'm, like, this way with this people, but, like, in my, like, real life, I need to, like, wear this mask of, like, what I should be. Um and I, I would like kind of be myself in certain regards, like to spirituality. Um, but I would always, whenever I would say something, there would be like, I would always be like, I know, like this is like really weird, and like I know I'm kind of a hippie. I like I know this is really woo woo, but it was like that was me being scared, yeah. you know. Yeah. But as soon as I was like, no, like it's not less than, like it's not weird. It's like I, it's just as valid as anything else, you know. I feel like people on an energetic level responded differently to me. Like when I approached them with fear, they reacted to me in the exact way that I was afraid of. They thought I was weird. Yeah. But when I was like, you know what? This is freaking awesome. And like I don't care I honestly don't care what you think. Like I'm just gonna say it, people reacted a whole different way. Which is beautiful.
1: I had the biggest I could not relate more to that. And I think when you're stepping into this, it you realize how sad and confronting it feels when you put on that mask when you say things like I know it's this like when you have to put those statements a little in precursor of, yeah yeah precursors to to your own truth and um about a year year and a half ago I finished um Nicola Berman's Celestial Journey which was a huge catalyst and a lot of things in my life and I remember she's
0: in Ojai right she's in Ohio, okay. yeah
1: um and she's not currently in Ohio. She's actually, she's taking a sabbatical, but okay. I think we'll see where she's in Europe right now. <laughs> okay, Did that celestial journey. And, uh, the final day, the kind of graduation of it was during my middle brother's college graduation. And I remember it being the final call and being my phone had died and need really wanting to be on it. And, as having my little brother using the using the phone and quite literally like doing this very mystical, very out there, but also very not journey around my entire family. and um, throughout that really owning that, yeah, this is really important to me. And owning that, yeah, I, I do look at astrology to to find specific dates to do things and stepping into human design and stepping into all these different things. And the more I just own, and and when I get backlash being like, well, this is really important to me and this is me and, and being serious and people kind of gravitate towards it. And it's fascinating to me how the people that you would never expect start to notice and like say certain things. My dad always asked me, how are your crystals doing? That's kind of his way of Mm -hmm. asking. And my mom, who doesn't like me to talk about mercury retrograde or things, was like, I just overheard on NPR them talking about mercury retrograde, my jaw almost hit the floor. And just little things, the more you start just embodying that around everyone and being like, yeah, this is me, if people are confronted or mean about it or whatever, that's their stuff. Yeah.
0: And it's like, like, it's a mirror for them. The, yeah.
1: Take it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I have found, and that's, I just wrote out my Leo, new moon, new month intentions. And it's all about stepping in to speaking this more openly because I have these types of conversations all the time, mm-hmm. but in private. And I think that understanding that it's okay to be seen for this and you're not going to be cast out of the tribe for this mm-hmm. or burned out the stake mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm all the things that used to happen to witchy people. Absolutely.
0: Um, and I think yeah. it is and it's all about the energy that you project. Like if you're standing mm-hmm. in your worth and you're like not apologizing for being yeah. exactly who you are, like be you fearlessly and everyone else will respond differently. Which I think cuz people will ask me about that too cuz I live in Utah and like there's a very predominant religion here mm-hmm. which I was raised in and oh, I've okay. I've left that but so people will message me all the time and we're like did your family like outcast you like did they disown you cuz that happens and i'm like no but i think it's because i was just like i mean my family's wonderful but also like yeah. i never apologize and like i didn't think what i was doing was bad there was no shame you know it's just like yeah. no i think if i went into it being like ooh this is bad i'm like ooh like i like this is scary and like they probably are not going to be... think anyways um okay yeah Going on. I have like one more question before I want to get into human design yeah. with you. And I'm so excited to talk human design. Um but I'd respond to that
1: real quickly yeah. too. Shame never belongs anywhere in our lives. Right. Shame right. is the one thing that's like shame, blame, any of that. Right. No space at the table. Right. And then um a final word on that is when we step authentically, just like you did, into ourselves, it gives other people the autonomy to do the same. So people that might be fearful of saying that they want to start this business or that mm-hmm. they are really interested into this thing that's kind of obscure, mm-hmm. you just speaking that truth gives them so much ability to do the same thing. And mm-hmm. so I think it's one of the most empowering things that we can
0: all individually do. That's what I think. It's like people just living authentically is going to heal the world. It's like everyone yeah. just like doing the thing that they're curious about and that lights them up like authentically, like yes. the world's going to be healed. Um Okay. So my last question is, um, do you feel like, was it, because I know you're really into like wellness and just health, like holistic health. Um, Do you feel like any part of like the catalyst to you awakening, or maybe it just went hand in hand. I don't know. But for me, like my body, the vessel for my spirit, I feel like my awakening happened because I woke up to like wanting to feel well in my body and that's not like wanting to be skinnier or wanting to look a certain way I was like I want to feel good like I want to feel like vibrant I don't care what I weigh I don't care what I look like like I want to feel good and when I did that and started eating just like a lot more like high vibe foods it's like I had this awakening did that happen at all for you or do you feel like you sense a connection to that at all and like the clearer our bodies are the clearer our spiritual channels are does that make sense
1: Yes, it makes total sense. I have so many, I'm not going to be able to even cover, scratch the surface to this question, but 100,000% my awakening, death, spiritual kind of come come to Jesus moment was really came after me having like, uh, just being in really poor health like my body literally shutting down and that being the need to change and, and still dealing with it now, still de- having a lot of things compound, um, being signs of me ignoring my intuition or me not living how I know I should live or not, um, kind of disregarding different signs to be like, Oh, this is calling your name, but you're still living in th- this should, or you're still doing this. And, um, Absolutely. So my, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this, because my whole perspective of wellness is very outside the box and is um, very holistic in ways that are not only mind, body, spirit, but beyond that as well. And I've found that in treating, diagnosing, um, dealing with my own health journey and continuing to. I need to not only trust my intuition more than anyone else, more than any anyone telling me whether they're a healer, a doctor, of any sort, but also um, not shame myself for doing things a little bit differently, and then understanding that throughout all of the noise, because I think anyone in the wellness space knows there's so much noise, that only we really know what our bodies need in any moment. And it takes listening and it takes working with a team that will listen as well mm-hmm. and working with people that um, not everyone has to get it. But I think it's important to feel not only heard but very supported by anyone helping your physical body heal because I absolutely believe that there's a direct connection to uh, your physical health well-being and mental emotional spiritual like all of that it's all connected and i also believe that uh yes the the clearer your physical the clearer your mental but i also believe that you don't have to do any one thing or there isn't any one practice that will get you there like and i also believe that there isn't a right or wrong for what you should eat or Mm -hmm. what practices you should do or whether you should have a morning practice or not like I think that's very individual and I think that our thoughts have so much power over how we metabolize food, over how um, – whether or not we need to exercise this many times or whatever with how we organize our day. Like we literally can create our realities. And so
0: – I feel like have- that's like very Bruce Lipton. Like I love that approach Yeah, of just like – I probably the vitamins are going to help if you think they are. Like, if you think you're going to eat that and you feel bad about it, and like you feel yeah. like it's going to make you fat, it probably will because you're yeah. creating this. It's like that's how your body is going to metabolize and like assimilate mm-hmm.
1: everything. And I, I've been listening to and doing a lot of Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza's podcasts and and work, and it's very much like he talks about all these incredible stories of people with um, and terrible physical health conditions that. that literally transform their own realities through thought alone. And I, I'm not one to be like, Oh yeah, if you have this diagnosis, not to receive treatment. No, not at all. I believe that there's a bridge for all the world. I totally believe in Western medicine, Eastern medicine in, and doing it yourself and self healing. And I think that all need to work in tandem. Yeah. So they're just yeah, all tools. It, they're all tools and it's how we use them. But listening to ourselves is the most important first and not ignoring the signs, yeah. Um Which I've previously done in my life, and i'm this is I'm at a place where it's like all I need to do is listen really, really deeply.
0: yeah, that's beautiful. I love that ooh, okay, so I want to get into human design woohoo um, this is something I feel like that I've wanted to talk to just like listeners followers about for a long time, and I've never really known how to explain. I understand it for me, but like I'm not a reader like. I've never read the actual book. I've, I mean, like I listen yeah. to you. I listen to genozo Like I, like I mm-hmm. love Human Design, but it's something that I don't know about yet. But I fully yes. believe when I, when I like read my chart for the little bit that I could understand. I'm, like I've never felt so understood in my whole life. Yes. So, and that ugh. talk to us about it. Tell us how you got involved. And in the-
1: yes. So, kind of going off my whole story, I have always been one to be obsessed with. Self development, personal development, self understanding, but finding different systems and understanding them and like understanding how they relate to me and what they mean about me and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I've always been super into systems. I've studied astrology really deeply. I love Myers Briggs. I love um, the chakra system. I've delved into the Kabbalah. I like tarot, all these things that help me help me as a guy, but help me understand myself and how I exist in the world around me. But I've always felt that every system that I've understood and looked into has, yeah, gotten me, like nailed me to a T and understood me, but hasn't given me a strategy or a way to use it in the world Mm -hmm. until I found human design. And Mm -hmm. so When I found human design and not only first heard about it, but when I really delved in, it not only nailed me more than anything else, but it gave me a strategy and permission to be exactly who I've always been in a way that nothing ever has. And it gave me not only like a deep sense of relief, but kind of a blueprint of my as a perfect, unconditioned being who I have the potential to be and who I've always been. And then has also shown all of the areas where I've been conditioned away from that. Mm -hmm. So all of the areas where I'm susceptible to the outside world or where uh, I've potentially been shown that, oh, this is not how you should be in the world and you should do this. So it has been the most profound tool I've used and learned and and helped guide other people through to live my fullest potential. And so it is such a deep system. It, it for just a little bit of background. It yeah. Was, what
0: does it combine? It combines like astrology, yeah. even Kabbalah, right? Oh, so, no? yes, yeah, so different things. So it was discovered in
1: 1987 by this guy who calls himself who And so it's a very new system, and it combines all of these different traditions. So. Eastern and Western astrology, the Hindu chakras, the Chinese I Ching, uh, conventional astrology as well, the Kabbalistic tree of life, quantum physics, biochemistry, like literally all of these systems into this one modern system. And it, it gives us each a unique blueprint and energetic makeup that allows us to show up as our highest selves and exactly as we are. Um, and so
0: we each came into the world with a specific human design.
1: Yes. And okay. so it's based on your birth time, your birth date, your birth location. And, um, it shows not only you based on the second that you took your first breath, but also your karmic and kind of familial ties as well. And so we have like this very conscious design, this body and this unconscious kind of mind, uh, things that other people see that, but we might not necessarily see in ourselves. And it helps us most efficiently fulfill our purpose on earth, kind of our soul's contract. It's so cool and so deep. And there's so many nuances, so many levels that it's, it's fascinating. And it's an experiment too. It's like when you learn your design, the only way that you truly know if it works or, or how it's going to change you is if you start living according to it right. and deconditioning. Which can be scary. Very because it's scary.
0: like you were saying, it's like we came in, so we came in just like whole unauthentic, and living mm-hmm. our true design. And then the world conditioned us and taught us yeah. and we live the story. And human design to me is helping us to relearn it, to like. Yes. To be authentic, to step into like, our whole authentic self. Yeah, to completely, like, unlearn the story that we've been fed.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And it's like the second we took our first breath, we're automatically being conditioned in this life against that. So yeah. it's like how do we come back to that wholeness or how do we come back to, oh, wait, I w- I'm i a, I'm a manifester, but I've been conditioned as a reflector my whole life, Interesting. et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Um, or what are my unique potentials within that too. Yeah. So it's it's so it's amazing.
0: Okay, so can you tell us about the different types?
1: Yes. And so if you first find your human design, usually what you're going to know if nothing else is your type. And there's so many levels to it, but this is the first thing, you know, and there are five energy types and this this kind of tells you Your energy, your aura in the world. Um, Three are energy beings, manifestors, generators, and manifesting generators. Two are non-energy beings, which are projectors and reflectors. And all the energy types um, not only show you about your energy and how you're supposed to use it, but they also show you a strategy of how to best use it in the world. Um, And then under that, everyone has an authority too, which... After you use your strategy, use your authority to make decisions. Mm
0: -hmm. How do I best make decisions for me? So, isn't isn't the authority though in a body part? Yes, Yes. yeah. So it's like it's like splenic authority or Mm -hmm.
1: whatever. Emotional, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, if you know anything, you know your type, your strategy, and your authority Mm -hmm. because your type shows how you're kind of your basic how you're supposed to operate in the world. Strategy is how you do that. Mm-hmm. And authority is how to make decisions. Okay. Um, and then there are so many other levels. Cause I want to say too, not just because you're a projector, that doesn't mean that you're like all other projectors, right? Just because you're a manifestor, you could be a projector way more like a manifesting generator than, or a reflector way more like a, a Um, generator than like another reflector. It's just your energy. It doesn't talk about your personality. It doesn't talk about um, like your profiles, like your sun sign kind of. It doesn't Mm -hmm. talk about traits about you, but it talks about your energy Mm -hmm. and what your energy is here to do. And then there are nuances within that. So to talk about the energy type, let's talk about it. I always like to start with manifestors, which are about eight to nine percent of the population. And Manifestors are the ones that our entire society has been conditioned to be like. They're the ones who just initiate and they are the born leaders and visionaries and self-starters and are just here to do. They're basically, they align with their vision and then they do. They're not here to go by anyone else's rules. Um, They're not here to follow the beaten path and their strategy is to inform. So it's like they have a vision, they wanna do something, and they inform people that they're going to do it and just do it because if they don't inform, they could make other people angry or find that in their lives. So it's very interesting to be a manifester in today's world, especially as a kid growing up, because manifestors don't, you don't want someone or need someone to tell
0: you what to do. You so, kind like, of parenting a manifester is a little tricky.
1: Yes, right? <laughs> parenting because. You, manifestors shouldn't have bedtimes. Mm-hmm. It's like you tell you can be like okay within this window, but don't tell the manifestor to have a 10 p.m. bedtime because they are supposed to do what's right for them. And so you have these little humans that come into the world knowing exactly kind of what they're supposed to do, and they're the ones that are supposed to inform and lead, uh, and not necessarily follow through on those visions, but they're supposed to be the ones that are, are the visionaries mm-hmm. and then kind of leave it to the generators and manifesting generators and everyone else to follow through. Uh, but it's, I, I like to start with them because our entire world has been conditioned that being like a manifester is the way to do things. So mm-hmm. in order to be successful, you need to initiate and, and start things and be a go-getter and really mm-hmm. manifestors are the only ones that should strictly be initiating projects. Okay. Um, and so they're amazing, very powerful. I think a lot of manifestors have scripts that tell them to dull down their power Mm -hmm. throughout their lives. So it's recognizing that you are this powerful leader, you are this visionary, and you are supposed to just do and then um, not worry about that kind of ruffling other people's feathers and, and just go out there and then inform when you're going to do so that you don't anger or upset other people
0: yes beautiful Um,
1: so then we have generators and generators are about 37 ish percent of the world and generators are these sparkly magnetic beings that are here to do what they love and unapologetically go after what lights them up so their strategy is to respond and when we get into the strategy i always like to say that a strategy is not when you're alone with you like you if you want to just do something no matter what that's for you that's fine but when it affects other people um when it's like do i am i going to go on this date or whatever it's not being like that person initiate it's like oh they asked me a question that's an invitation to answer or okay. Oh, I'm walking down the street and there's this sign that says, start a business. There's my invitation to start a business. There's there's something to respond to. And Mm -hmm. so generators are going to constantly have things to respond to all day, every day. And it's figuring out what the right thing to respond to is that will light them up and give them more energy to fulfill that purpose and what they want to do. So So is
0: knowing for a generator what to say yes to is just whatever lights them up?
1: So it's, the, that'll like get your sacral discern. firing. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then remember the third part is the strategy and the yeah. strategy is how you make the decision. Okay. So the generator will feel it, you'll literally feel it in your sacral, um, getting lit up by something and, and, and excited by it. And then it's using your strategy after that to know, is this the right thing to respond to? Because generators, once they respond, and if they respond yes, they fulfill it. They're like, the best workers of all they they will do some do something until completion mm-hmm. but you see some generators getting burned out because they respond to the things that aren't correct for them okay. and so so when generators are in their power and, re- and are doing what they love they have all the energy in the world that actually gives them more energy and it and it's like you you can't get enough of them you want to be around them mm-hmm. you want to be around their aura uh, so do you know very- any
0: like? Do you know any famous generators like celebrity generators? Do you know of any? Oprah. Oprah. Oh, beautiful! Yeah. That's a perfect example. Yeah,
1: she's a generator, um, and she's like totally in her
0: power. But so I then- feel like even then she learned that. I remember listening to Oprah saying like um, talks where she was learning to say no, you know? So I think even Oprah came into her power more and became more powerful and like created her own network by then saying no, like, I'm not going to say no to that. I mean, I'm not going to say yes to that.
1: Totally. Cause she, and she's even talked about taking on too much because she has the energy generators and manifesting generators. You have this energy. So you're constantly going to have things to respond to and it's really discerning. Is that right? Or is it not? So our third type, our third energy type is manifesting generators. And manifesting generators are about 33% of the population. And they're kind of a hybrid of the two types before, manifestors and generators. Um, When you're an MG, you can be more manifestor or more generator energy, depending on within your chart, different channels and and how different energy centers are lit up. But you are here to be a trailblazer and break break boundaries. You are this multi-talented, multi-passionate force that's quite literally meant to be doing a million things at once because they're backed with a generator's ability to do and a manifestor's ability to start um, and accomplish. And so they're inherently very, very efficient mm-hmm. when they're doing what they love, like the million things, kind of tasting, tasting the buffet of life. Mm-hmm. But it, it's important that they don't get stuck in the the shoulds almost more than anyone else because um, they are here to test the waters and all that lights them up but also to let go of what isn't Mm -hmm. right when it isn't anymore so Mm -hmm. they could they're the type of people that'll be bouncing around from this and then be like okay I've, I've learned quicker than any other type all that I need to know in that and jump to here, but society has said, oh, you're flighty, or you're noncommittal, or you're mm-hmm. all of these different scripts, and
0: it's just not true, so. Yeah, like, why can't uh, you stick to something? Why don't you yeah. ever finish a job? What And it's shame, I feel like it will shame an MG to be it like, don't totally do that, stick them. to a job that's, like, stable, but, like, kills me, you know, because that's and, what you should and do. And
1: MGs often have the most, like, autoimmune issues, or they're, they're supposed to have the most energy of all types, but because they have so much capacity, and because Uh, in their nature it's very against what's taught uh there's a lot of deconditioning that needs to go on within that in order to be like oh yeah it's okay to be non-linear oh yeah it's okay to let go of this and move on to the next i'm an mg so Mm -hmm. i've this has changed my life in knowing i mean i have five different things that i'm doing even right now and uh, understanding that like, oh, yeah, I actually I do understand that really well and I don't need to stay with it and I can move to this or mm-hmm. I can do all these things at once and it'll, it'll be okay. And so their strategy is two-part. And so in some human design books, things that you'll see, they say that the strategy of an is the same as the generator, but it's, it's not. It's to respond first and then there's this moment of truth when you respond, let's say that you tell me, you want to go on a walk, Katie? And I say, okay, yeah. My, my gut is saying, yeah, that lights me up. And then there's this moment of truth as I'm putting on my shoes, putting on my coat, getting to the door, opening the door to go on the walk, where the manifestor clicks in. And it goes, nope. That's... And so me, I got my final answer, even though it was yes before. I, I knew the final answer in the moment of truth as I started the action was a no. But then I'm shitting myself that, oh, wait, I already told Amy yes. Mm-hmm. And and so then am I going to go against my nature? And so it's when you're an MG, it's really understanding your strategy and your authority so and how to make decisions so that you free yourself up for that possibility and, and allow yourself uh, the most time in order to be sure so that you don't have to have to deal with that, have to deal with shame or have to deal with feeling bad that you're non-committal, or have to deal with any of those scripts.
0: Absolutely. Um, So you're an MG. Do you feel like as you've understood it more and lived your design more, do you feel like life has responded differently to you as you've figured out like what lights me up? Okay, that doesn't. I'm going to say no. A hundred,
1: a hundred thousand percent. And so it's a constant. I have learned to make far fewer plans, and we'll talk about uh, I'm an emotional MG, too, and you're an emotional projector. So learning that you're emotional authority, and that there really isn't truth in the now. So I give myself so much time with commitments to really be sure as much as I can. And I've realized that, oh, wait, you don't need to say yes right now. or You don't need to, even how we scheduled this podcast, I think I feel like we've gone through a few Mm -hmm. back and forth. Mm -hmm. And it's always always like, I'll get back to you. Like, (laughs) yeah, well, and that's, and that's perfect for me because it's always the perfect time. And for me to be like, okay, don't, don't commit to something that will potentially make you really stressed or anxious or, or whatever, like wait and allow the time to be right. And I'm not only honoring myself, but I honor everyone in that. And I also show people what's right for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I will say that even in how I schedule my sessions and things, and I'm I'm working on. I think I'm gonna get a scheduling system up either by the end of today because I do everything one off right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do it, it, which gets to be a lot because I'm constantly coordinating details. But for me, it's hard to book anything more than a week in advance because I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna feel in two weeks, Katie. Or that I was me. Gonna be. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm
0: gonna be. Yeah, I could be. I could go somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah so I totally get that I was like I was in the beauty and like skincare I did like aesthetics and like eyelash extensions for years and with my clients like scheduling with me I'm like uh it was like always like a week out which they hated but I was like who knows if I'll even want to like I always did but I was like I always wanted the option of like I don't know like let's see how I feel yeah and that's such emotional
1: authority too and we'll talk about that so but we'll talk about You next, a projector. Ooh, okay. The next type, so these are the non energy beings. So projectors are around 20% of the population. And, and I want to caveat this with I have more projector sessions with projectors than any other type, which I find fascinating. so fascinating because it's not a majority of it, but there's something about um, like how my energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really it's probably cool. Probably because you're an energy being and like it, I'm not.
0: And, wait, can you hit on that though? The energy versus non energy?
1: Yeah. And I'll get to that. So energy basically means, um, well it's, it's I, and I almost, I don't want to, cause I have a new conception of it and I don't believe that like all energy beings mean you have more energy because when you are a projector, you can also be three different types of projectors. You can be an energy or splenic or whatever. You have the ability to take on the energy being, so generators and manifesting generators, sacral power, which is like life force energy, and amplify it and make it even greater. But you don't have consistent access to that energy versus like my sacral is going consistently 24-7 all hours of the day. And so this is true, let's say, for every, every design. You'll have areas that are white, areas that are colored, which is either defined or undefined. Um, or open and any area that's white. So non energy beings have sacral white um, and, and manifestors do too, but manifestors have, have other things in their chart that make them energy beings. It's how their mm-hmm. centers are connected to the motors. But because you have a sacral white, you don't have that consistent access to life force energy, um, which means when you're in the aura of an energy being, your charts combine so that those centers are light lit up for you so that Mm -hmm. you can not only take on, but amplify that energy. So when you're around me, you can be even more energized and lit up and whatever, but it's not consistent. So Mm -hmm. then, right. So, um, and I don't like to do overarching things either because I find that there's a lot of generalizations and especially with projectors, since I see so many of them, there are so many different types of projectors and I've seen projectors where almost all of their centers are lit up. I think I've seen a projector that all of the centers are lit up except for uh, the sacral. So that is a very energized projector, and that's a projector that that has all these motors going. So it's really just that consistent access to life force. So not all some of the rhetoric I hear is saying that projectors are like tired and rest all the time, but yes, in some senses. But also, it's not necessary. It's just. Good boundaries with when you're taking on someone else's sacral energy um, and knowing when you need time to cleanse that out. So mm-hmm. with that being said, I hope that answered yes. the question in longer mm-hmm. You're a projector. Yes. And projectors are really the ones that are here to manage, guide, and direct the energy of the energy beings. So you are like, I often hear saying the bird on the tree that kind of sees things that other people don't see. Um, and has this view of what's happening below and can use your unique gifts and what you see to help everyone else. So like Barack Obama was a projector and mm-hmm. we have tons of great leaders that are projectors and they really uh, need to use their strategy, which is to wait for the invitation. And this, this strategy I hear or from, from the responses I get, is the one that most people don't understand, because it's like, what are you talking about? I just have to sit around and wait. You will constantly be getting things to be invited to and to respond to, and it's making sure that those invitations are the right things, and it's also honoring yourself so that you are receiving those invitations. Because when you honor your own inherent power, worth, all of that, like you, you will constantly be getting invitations. And um, I do want to say one more thing about that. Remember, it's like all of these strategies are when you're existing with other people. It's not like when you're alone on an island. So I always say if you're alone on an island and there's a palm tree with a coconut and you're thirsty, you don't have to wait for the palm tree to ask you and invite you to cut down the coconut. It's never going to happen. The palm tree is not going to speak to you. And maybe it will in some world, but (laughs) right now it's not going to speak to you. So you can just get the coconut and drink Mm it. But if Johnny is sitting on the island and you, because you're a magical projector, know that Johnny's thirsty, that doesn't mean that you can cut down the coconut and force feed Johnny. Right. It's not going to fly. Right. But if Johnny says something like, I'm thirsty, then you can be like, oh, Johnny, there's a coconut on the tree. Do you want me to cut it down for you? And mm-hmm. and he'll be like, Amy, that is the best, most brilliant idea ever. Thank you so much. hmm it's that's the invitation it's an
0: interesting dichotomy though right because it's like I think projectors are like seers. we like it's like the bird's eye view so we can see totally but it's like because we see we want to tell but it's like you can't tell until you're invited to tell and if you do tell I've noticed this for me if I do tell it's not it doesn't get taken well yeah
1: it's like then you're the Mm know-it-all or you're whatever what it's it's people resist it Exactly. So it's really knowing like, oof, I know this and I want to say it so bad and whatever, whatever. But knowing when the right time is to really say mm-hmm. what you do see, because when you get that invitation, you'll be seen as like this wise leader um, who just knows knows all. And uh, within channels, which we'll go into very, very briefly most of the channels, they're 36, 22 of them are projected. So mm-hmm. depending on your type, you'll have any, and depending on your chart, you'll have any number of channels lit up, and a lot of mine are projected. So that energy needs to be invited to be shared. So everyone, regardless of your type, you can have projected energy, and you probably do in you. And so it's understanding those unique energies and like. What, what is a manifesting energy that I can just initiate? And what is the projective energy within me? But overall, your energy, your aura, it's like, wait to be invited your, to share your gifts, to mm-hmm. share your. Yes, sure. How do
0: you like? Do you feel like by seeking an invitation, does it kind of like I just have to put it out there and like let the universe take care of it? Does that make sense? It's like yeah, so especially it's like in you, business, yeah. or it's just like mm-hmm. do I kind of just like throw it out there of like I'd like to have this happen or something that feels like this, and then wait for the invitation to come. Yes. So okay. it's like
1: you, because you're doing this for you ultimately, right? You're doing you're you're doing a podcast because you are lit up and excited by this podcast and are sharing your wisdom and the invitations are coming from that. Okay, And so it's not that you like have to sit around and not do anything, but it's when you're working with others too. It's like having it in, like having a conversation started. That's a uh, right. Like I'm pretty sure, however, you I think we even had a conversation when you invited me and, and it was, was like,
0: a, shoot, I was a profile. I, I was it that no, and it
1: was a, no, yeah, but it was a perfect. Uh, it was an invitation because we had we had conversations. We talked about it before. Like it was totally that 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 works as an invitation. So um, it's just not being like, okay, I'm doing this now, and th- this is going to affect all these people, and me pushing my wisdom on this. It's like, oh wait, wait to know that you have an invitation to share that, and then invitations will just keep coming and coming and coming. But it really comes down to honoring yourself and your knowledge and your wisdom first but yeah it's it's about honoring what you know who you are what you have to share and the invitations will just be and the people will be flocking to you right because so that's a projector and then finally we have reflectors which are one percent of the population and if you look at their charts they are totally white so all their centers are open and undefined and these are the people who are here to be the wise observers. So they're human mirrors who really magnify the world around them. And they're deeply, deeply connected to the cycles of the moon. So their strategy is to wait a full moon cycle before Interesting. any, any huge Oh, how rad. Because they go through like the full, whoever they're around, they amplify that energy. So a projector could be every other type within a day.
2: Mm. And they're the
1: ones that you really look at and kind of show you how the tribe is doing mm-hmm. and how the the people that they surround themselves are doing because they're such a mirror. Um, they have this soothing kind of calming influence but really, really are magnetic to all different types because you sit in front of a reflector and you see see back who you are. Um, so with reflectors it is boundaries for all of the types, but boundaries for reflectors are so important because they can, they don't want to absorb, they want to reflect the world. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to understand which centers are you taking on other people's energies and, and, and taking that time to just like decompress and come back to you because you're supposed to be this clear being that reflects the world, but doesn't take it on.
0: hmm. That's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Um, Is there a certain site that you love? Like for people listening that want to look up their charts because when you're talking about things colored in or things open, what what site do you love for checking your charts? So
1: there are all different types of sites, but my favorite is
0: geneticmatrix.com.
1: You can get a free account and then you can log in with your Google or Facebook or you can do it sometime. But they're also – my Bodygraph, there's humandesignamerica.com, there's Jovian Archive, there are tons of different sites. My personal favorite is Genetic Matrix, because I feel like it it gives you more information than most of the other sites, and I just like how it's laid out.
0: Yeah, okay. So that
1: will show you, it will show you all of, it will show you your type, Um, it'll show you your profile, it'll show you all of your centers and gates and channels.
0: What does a profile mean? Like do we so each have a different profile or how many profiles are there? We each have a profile. Yeah, there
1: are 12. And your profile is most like your sun sign mm. in in astrology. So, for example, do, do you want to should we dive into yours?
0: Yes, I would love to. A bit? Yeah, right. let's do it.
1: So, I we talked a little bit about you being a projector. So, Amy's a projector. She's an em- energy projector. Um, I'm looking at Amy's chart right now and you have one, two, three, four centers that are either undefined or open, meaning they're white. And you have five that are defined, which are colored in and how you find your profile. It will be written down probably, but yours, you look at all these glyphs on the side of your chart. So you'll see all these glyphs would like the planets, the symbols for the planets with all these gates on them. And your profile comes from the line of your conscious sun, which is the black, very, very top circle with a little dot. It'll say 50.6 for your chart. Mm-hmm. That .6, you take that 6 over the line of your unconscious sun, which is the top left-hand side, that 31.2, that 2. So you're a six two. Okay. And a profile is... I feel like a way that really shows your purpose, on Earth and kind of shows like more than just how your energy is functioning in this world, like who you are. And and when I learned my profile, which is actually the same as yours. Really? Yeah. I love, I have so, it's funny too, because I have more six twos, I think, than any any other type, um, which is fascinating. Any other profile, at least. We love you. Yeah. We love them. I love the six twos. (laughs) But everyone comes with this specific profile or purpose, and um, there's nothing that you can do to make it happen except by living your design. And so the profiles, there these two lines, there's six lines in human design, one through six, and so your profile is gonna be a combination of two of those lines. And for you, being a six two, the six line is the role model line, the two line is the hermit. So the six line is the conscious line, the two is the unconscious. and Six twos are these natural born role models. They're literally they have a view of life that's beyond the scope of most people's comprehension, save for potential other six twos and six threes. And this is not saying that they're better than everyone else and whatever. It's just you literally came out as this wise role model who just knew (laughs) knew more than potentially other people knew. And so I know it, this, this changed my life when I learned about it. And so you've probably always felt like an authority in life or wise beyond your years. Just like,
0: yeah, like an old soul. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yes,
1: old soul, totally. And you have a natural gift of seeing what needs to happen. So you kind of know how to bring all the pieces and the missing pieces together and form a mo- more coherent, bigger picture. And it can be frustrating when other people don't see the same bigger picture because, a majority of people won't see in the same way that you see, um, but ultimately you are here to be a role model and are known as someone with high ideal standards and goals, not only for yourself but everyone else, and have this insatiable quest for knowledge and new interests. And you can be regarded as either a master of general knowledge or a great visionary of your time or a fount of all wisdom. And it's it's really when you're a 6-2 about finding the balance between spiritual and earthly convictions, um, you, your 6 twos are very able to see past irrelevant like social dramas and, and see things for what they truly are. And a commitment for you needs to be worthwhile in order for you to really commit because you can have the tendency to juggle too many plates and um, – try to conquer the world, but it's so important that you don't take on too, too much weight or get bored because you, you need to use that vision. You need to use that power to the ultimate potential.
2: Right.
1: Um, and because you have a two line, which is the unconscious line, the hermit line, it's really important that you do find solitude and uh, a place to recharge and kind of take stock. So what's very very interesting about six twos or anyone that has a six line in their profile is you have three distinct phases in your life so the first is zero to 30 then there's 30 to 50 then there's 50 and on so zero to 30 you actually operate like a three two and the three line is um I'm pretty sure you're in your Saturn Return too. You're 29. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yeah. right about. To be it's on all the wild. Yeah, so crazy. Um, but you will have more experiences in the first 30 years of your life than most people will have an entire lifetime. So it's almost like you get to 30 and you're like, I have literally experienced everything. Mm-hmm. What is like emotional, whatever, like all this stuff, and it can be like, ugh. But you learn through those experiences, and then this next phase of your life that you'll be entering somewhat soon, is like, it's called being on the roof for anyone with a sixth line. And it's where things get a little bit quieter, and nicer, okay. and you kind of use all that you learn to build, to build your business, to build what it is you want to. And then at 50, and I also, caveat, caveat, story of me is caveats. Yeah. I yeah. don't believe in strict live. timing, because I think that we're moving towards a much more yin like feminine flowy society and that hard and strict rules don't apply to everything. But Mm -hmm. this three stages is, is very real. So it's like when you get to that final stage, it's like you are the ultimate role model in society. Like the one fount of all wisdom, right? The one that everyone looks up to. Um, And in relationships if a six 2 whoever you choose should feel very, very special and appreciated and, um, your relationships need to stay fresh and compelling and seek someone to help you keep expanding your horizons. Um, and that can continue kind of like having reaching new heights and having someone that can admire you and meet you there and continue to like, allow you to grow throughout that because when you have that and when you're not scared that you have to dull down everything that you are uh, that's when you can re- relax into a more fulfilling relationship so interesting it's, it's, that's like,
0: fascinating
1: it's being so that's like i think of that as your son and there you also have different you have a conscious son, unconscious son, all of these things in your chart but that's like your profile is kind of your sun sign and who you are and you said you're scorpio, right? mhm Kind of like that. It's like, who did you come, what energy did you come to bring in? Not only yeah. to your projector, like wise, bird on the hill, all seeing guide, but what type of guide and this, this guy that you are is this, this role model, this um, deeply comp- contemplative, this person that uh, is ultimately here to, to help everyone else by sharing exactly what you know. And sharing exactly your truth.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like each projector has like a specific niche that like that's the thing that they see so clearly? I I think for me, I'm like I'm still trying to figure out like what is my niche? I feel like there's a lot of things that I see. But I'm like do I – do we each have one thing or is there a lot of – like I don't know.
1: So this is where my view kind of conflicts with others because there are so – like – again, I see more projectors than any other type. And I think that a niche doesn't necessarily have to be as specific as you think. Okay. So a niche can be within a realm, or it could potentially be different things. But that's your niche, right? It's like, what are the unique things that you see that you create into this hole that make you you, that you can guide and that you can help within. So your niche might be all of these different things that are all within the same realm, really, if you think about it. They're okay. they're different, but everything's in this realm. And it's mm-hmm. like, what are all those things that I see clearly that make my unique projector niche? Okay. So it's not like, okay, I just have to only focus on, um, I'm trying to think, like, essential oils Mm -hmm. i'm the essential oil person and that's all no that's
0: if that's you that's amazing but but maybe your niche is like healing or like or whatever it is that includes essential oils but like what do you
1: what do you talk about that that not only you know that lights you up and gets so excited about and that you really see but um that you want to keep sharing. So it's mm-hmm. like, what do you know that those are the things that you know you want to share all the time or that, mm-hmm. and that when you do, it has the ability to not only transform others perspectives, but really bring them to new heights.
0: Okay. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And I love that perspective that you have on it just because it does. It's like a little bit confining like when you feel like you're in this box of like, oh, what's my like one niche? What's the one thing that I see clearly? No. What's, yeah. Which I think that human design is always meant to empower you. And if it yes. isn't, then you're not reading it right. A hundred. Which is why I love your perspective is because it is very I empowering.
1: I agree. And I think none, because again, I'm not, I'm not telling anyone too. I'm a human design guide among other things, but I'm not saying that like you have to do human design to whatever. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that like, it should only be something that lets you take a breath and be like, oh, I can just be me instead of something that feels like restrictive or that Mm -hmm. it puts you in a box. It should only allow you to fully embody yourself even more. So when I get DMs or emails about um, people having having readings or learning about something and being deeply disappointed about it. It's like, no, 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 no. That's just scratching the surface. You have no idea the power and magnetism and, and all of that you are. So like, uh, and for you, and we're only going to have a, a little bit more and we should definitely dive into this more. Um, but you have these How- channels I was
0: going to ask, like, how did you know earlier before when you were like, oh, touch is a big thing for you? Where in my chart does it say that?
1: So (laughs) that is, um, it's your PHS, your primary health system, which is one of my favorite things that we often don't get so deep into sessions because it's a really, really, really deep level of human design, but it talks all about, um, it can talk about diet, it can talk about what type of environment you're supposed to be in, it can Mm. talk about um, dominant sense. So like for you, touch is is huge. That's actually my sense as well. Mm-hmm. And so you're the person who will go at the grocery store and will touch all the apples.
0: 10,000% figure- <laughs> Katie. Yes. yes, this is trippy. Yes. Yes. yes, I 100% do that. It like yes. gives me I'm paranoid when people just do like Instacart. I'm like, you didn't touch it all. too. Like, I can't
1: do it. Yeah, <laughs> you're actually one that like eating with your hands. Mm-hmm. is. I eat is with my good. hands. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Me too. I've started even more or like I'm even a person who like, and I live alone and I cook for myself. But I'll, when I'm putting something on sautéing something, I don't really like to use a tongue no. Sometimes my I, husband like, freaks out that
0: like I'm gonna burn myself all the time. He's like, yeah, quit putting your I hand do. in the oven. Like I did it I yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah, always, and I do. I have like
1: burns on my arms mm-hmm, and, me and sometimes too. when I cut I'll like, yeah. like flip over my sweet potato fries with my hands. Mm-hmm. But you that primes you for digestion. Interesting. So Ooh, it's, that's fascinating. It's like, yeah, so when you want to touch everything, that's okay for you. Yeah. Maybe other people think it's gross, but just know that that's you. And it's I like, touch everything. Mm-hmm. I always – my entire childhood, it was like, use a fork or like don't touch your plate or – and now yeah. I'm like,
0: oh, that makes sense. When I was little, my mom called me, I'm the youngest, but my mom called me her yeah. ve- her Velcro child because I was always touching. Like I always was like yeah. Velcro on her, just like touching, um, touching, touching. Yeah. When
1: you go to like stores, do you like to touch all the clothes? Yes. Ever? I'm like, like, I'm
0: just very and my friends yeah, will always on. talk about it when I go out with them. Like I'm always just like touching, like touching everything, yeah. like running oh, my you're hands. Semi. We would mm-hmm. we would just
1: be stroking. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> I know too. I love that that's amazing
1: um, yeah but that's in that's your cognition and your PHS and you also uh, because I know a lot of people like this I know you might have heard some things about this like some people do better digesting when it's dark or light or some people do well with I'm a low sound person so having it be quiet is really Mm. good you are a cold person so this has to do with your system running more hot and so Mm -hmm. this goes against like Ayurveda or, or some different um It's
0: not like thing, your pitta. Thinking. Yeah. That yeah.
1: Of this is like you digest best according to human design when um, your food is body temperature or lower.
0: Yes. I knew that about me too, just because I don't like it. Like, I love yeah. just like room temperature pizza. I'm like, I don't want things yes. hot. I hate when people microwave things in the microwave. Like, I'd rather just eat it. That's yes, so interesting. And that's you.
1: So it's like, Go with that. And the only way, again, for you to know this is to try it for yourself. But you're also someone – so I take this to a level past just digestion to, like, you are not meant to be super, super hot when you're digesting information. So when you're working or when you're, like, room temperature or a little bit cooler is how everything gets flowing. Interesting.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. So – Wow, that'll that's be more so interesting does so does everyone have this so like if people I'm sure people are going to want to get readings with you um does yeah. everyone have something like this that it's like you digest food better this way this kind of food yes. this setting yeah. this time of day whatever yeah. okay oh that's beautiful mm-hmm. I'm like how yeah. empowering like to, just we're all because yeah it doesn't matter like to me it's like it matters less like what you eat than like how you feel about it and what yeah, state totally. you're in when and, and you're eating that.
1: Again, don't use this to be like, oh, I can't ever eat anything hot. No, that's yeah. not what I'm saying at all. Right. It's like, for me, my human design says that I'm supposed to be in silence, no noise when I eat, which is just not possible. I live yeah. in the middle of a city. It's it's not possible. Mm-hmm. But I have found when I'm digesting food, digesting information, more quiet. That's why you than live alone, yeah. Mm-hmm. the music. Yeah, it helps me process. Um, but like other things in your chart, you are not the type of person that's supposed to have a consistent routine every day.
0: I knew that about me too. But or I mean, that- I lo- that's like so validating because I hate yeah. like the routine. I'm like, nope, it has to be different. I've just got to like yeah. be intuitive about like what's good today.
1: Totally. And your
0: environment really, really
1: impacts you. It impacts how you digest. It impacts everything. So like being in uplifting environments um, and ones that will support you is really important. Just and,
0: environments that I feel that are uplifting or is like, is there an aspect yeah. of my environment that needs to be there or no? It's just however uh, I feel. Well,
1: I mean, we could we could dive really, oh, really you deep. Oh, you that,
0: don't have to go Which
1: won't have the time yeah. to, but yes. So environment, just know that like some people, for example, digestion, they can eat anywhere whatever. But like if you're around specific environments, uh, you might not digest as well or you might not. It's just you're very sensitive to environment. You're sensitive to a lot of things, but you're very, very sensitive to environment um and you're also a non-specific manifester mm-hmm. so you're not the person you you might have known this mm-hmm. You're not the person that's just not even
0: yeah, not even because I didn't want to be, but I feel like even when people would have you like visualize things or like hold the vision of what you wanted, I I couldn't ever imagine like this is the car. It would be like, well, I think I would want to feel this way in the car, and like I can't really like I can't really like say what it is. Not because I like didn't want to, it's just like it didn't come to me, you know. I'm like, I think I just have to like I have to feel this way about the thing. It's like
1: you don't need to see for specific manifestors it can be really empowering and exciting to like see the and visualize the thing in full detail and make vision boards about exactly what they want but for most non-specific it feels really restrictive and it's like oh I have to be sure that's I don't like that and so it's just how do you want to feel mm-hmm. what do you want the overall thing to be and then that allows the universe to put something in your life that's like beyond your wildest dreams
0: mm-hmm. oh beautiful yeah yeah um, Wait, one more question about this. Do you know yeah. anything about the incarnation cross? I feel like I looked mine up once and it was like my because mine was like left angle, something about wishes or something. And when I looked it up just on the Internet, like with who even knows where the information is coming from. But it was something about how I see like systems clearly. And so for me, when I've been trying to figure out my niche, it's like, oh, so that's the thing that I see clearly is, like, systems and how, like, the the flaws in systems or something. I can't remember what it said, but do you know anything about the yes, incarnation I do. crosses? I
1: do. Your incarnation cross is a huge determining factor for, like, I also like to combine it with the profile a lot. And I do not. There are hundreds of incarnation crosses, so I don't have them all memorized, but I'm going to pull yours up because I think you might have the same – you have Left Angle Cross of Wishes 2, I think. Um, so I'm going to try to pull that up while well, – if I can because this book is very, very long.
0: No, oh, totally. It's yeah. on the internet.
1: But yeah, there are so many. I wish I could dive into your whole chart right there, now.
0: I, I mean, there's probably like – how many incarnation crosses are there? Like hundreds or – There are hundreds. Because I almost feel like I have so much
1: more I could say, but I can't speak for that much longer, and okay. I want to do no, your you're totally. Fine. I want to like do your
0: full chart. Okay, don't even worry. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna have you do my full chart sometime, so don't even worry. I want people to know how to get in touch with you because I I feel like your Instagram is just like this light filled high vibe place. Um, oh, so Instagram, but also. I want everyone to get a, like a reading with you for human design. How do people get in contact with you?
1: Absolutely. So I will probably by the time this is out on my Instagram, I'll have a link to a scheduling system um I'm putting that out there so now that I have to do it yes you're committed I'm committed uh so you can schedule there you can also direct message me on Instagram and set something up from there or email me um it's also on my Instagram my Instagram is at namaskay (laughs) n-a-m-a-s-k-a-y-y-y I love that like hey hey but also because one y and two y's were taken, so
0: three's a better number, anyways. I love three. Three Three's
1: better. Three is like a perfect. It is the most magic number, I think, for
0: sacred geometry. Right. So Trinity of numbers. I, it's The perfect. Trinity. Yeah exactly. I love it. Well, perfect. Katie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for
1: having me. Yeah,
0: I mean, I still like I have a million things. I'm like, we could just keep going and going and going, but I'm going to let you go. And maybe next time we'll have you back and we can talk about even more magical things.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. I know we just scratched the surface on all the things that we could talk about. So thank you so, so, so much for having me. This was amazing. Yeah,
0: we'll talk to you next time. Okay.
1: Talk to you very soon.
0: And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Cafe Binge podcast. Until next time, may you notice all the wonderful, beautiful, binge worthy parts of your day. Squeeze out every last drop, taste them, cherish them, because life was meant to be beautiful. Find me at cafebinge.com or on Instagram at Cafe Binge.
2: Take me out to Cafe Binge tonight.